let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Hello and welcome back to the Football Babble. We are back for a brand new season of Complete Chaos. Um, not a full squad tonight. Steve is on holidays. Enjoy your holidays, the bearded one. But myself, Phil, is here with Brenton, Paddy and Johnny. Good evening, gentlemen. Good you, evening. we're back. You. Enjoyed our extended break there, just like Harry Kane. It was great. He's still in Miami and we'll get we'll touch on him in a minute. Um, we're all that thing, but four seconds. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we have all enjoyed our extended break. We've all feel refreshed as we sort of announced on our socials there last week and during the week. We're going to come back with two shows. This week will only be the one, and then going forward we will have two, uh, and, and they'll vary. But topics on on football, and what's going on? They are throughout the whole season. A little bit of admin as well at the start of the show. Thanks for everyone that has continued to uh, sign up to our Patreon. I saw as well a couple more followers this week as well. Thank you very much. I hope you're listening. And if you fancy it, bounce on to our Patreon. Brent's going to say the link in a minute. And subscribe. It's only £1 a month. That's excluding VAT, which I think brings up like £1.40 or whatever it is. So it's like £12 a year to support us guys and help us produce podcasts. We really, really appreciate it. And hopefully you can join up and it'll lead us to something bigger and better down the line. Brenton, what is the link for the folks Patreon.com forward slash football babble and uh, another piece of admin I just want to get Donnie's uh, line. Um, people who listen to the podcast previously will know that in our intro we, um, he says, I, I'm not making a documentary about how shit my club is. Can I just get an update on that, Donnie? Or? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bring back the sports babble. <laughs> yes, um, we will be covering whenever it is out. Uh, Arsenal's all or nothing. It'll probably be the TV show of the decade. Oh, uh, and Jonathan's that, going to leave. That'll get uh, that'll get filed under sitcom instead of a football documentary. That'll be a good laugh. I, I think I I don't want to put any pressure on us, but I think that might win us like a podcast Oscar. Uh, Johnny will be leading that show, folks. So stay tuned for that down the line whenever that does come out. I think I'll um, just have to give Brandon this line. Uh, we are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What a start to the new season. Um, we were gonna. This tonight show was gonna be like a sort of a preview show about what's coming up this year and who we think's gonna win what. And blah 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 blah. And then for whatever reason, the transfer market has just went absolutely boogly in the space of two or three days. Chelsea, Man City, Manchester United obviously as well, Aston Villa are all heavily involved here in this. Um, Brenton, as the lonesome Chelsea man of the podcast, what do you make of these uh, bids for Mr. Romelu Lukaku, sir? Um, Unexpected. Really, um, I just thought they had such a big season last season in the transfer markets. Um, all... Um, the reports coming out in the last 
basically since the Euros have been that Lukaku's so happy at Inter. Um, you know, he wants to stay there. It's his home. Even, like, you know, things he was putting up himself, there's been absolutely no talk of him leaving. Um, Chelsea were always going to be far away from getting Holland, like everyone is this season. Um, he's, it's not going to happen, by the looks of it. Uh, there's there's going to be a massive race on next year. And I, if Chelsea get the copy, he's there, obviously not going to be involved in that. Um, I think Steve might be getting a little bit excited about if Man City saying um, Harry Kane and Chelsea saying Lukaku, you know, the Sonic clubs are, are not really in a financial position at the minute. Who knows what will be next year? But, um, you know, Holland could be on his way to Old Trafford. God help us there. Do you um, think so? But, yeah, it's. I mean, that's such an. Um, the feeling, and I know it's not, I have not seen enough of him, and the feeling that I still have with Lukaku is the last thing he was talking Obviously, he's a completely different player, but there's a fear in me that, you know, and he didn't probably, if you ask United fans, live up to the bill in there either. Um, so there, there's a fear there, and so much money, as Paddy said last night, you know, in the group for, for a 28 year old. Looks like it's going to be over 100 million if they do get him. Um, I just hope it's it will be the new Lukaku, the new and improved, very much improved. And he's, you know, Holland obviously had an unbelievable year. Imagine Mbappe and Harry Kane in there as well, but Lukaku's right up there with strikers. Um, I hope Lukaku does the same for and I hope he just scores own goals and sticks the finger up at every Chelsea fan while he does it. <laughs> every single one. That's you get for letting me go, you ballots. I know. Uh, it surprises me that he'd be open to coming back as well. You know, well, like, I think it, coming out of Italy is that he's open either way. He, he's happy enough. To, he, he is... I don't think we get it because we don't maybe watch enough Serie A, but he, he is the king of Italy at the minute. He he is the big dog there, and I think he's very much happy enough to stay at Inter Milan um, and just completely rule the roost while he's still in Italy because he was unbelievable last year. And he's also open to the fact that if Inter Milan get a sufficient bid and they need the money, they're absolutely goosed, then he's happy enough to move back to Stamford Bridge and give it a proper bash. And... I know, Paddy, you were saying it is 128 million. Um, well, like, what do you two make, like Johnny, like, on all seriousness, and Paddy, you can come in afterwards. What do you What do you make of this transfer link? Do you think it's the missing link for Chelsea to be very? I know the European Champions would be very dominant in the league next year. Yeah, it could definitely bring them up to compete with City. Um, yeah, it depends, really, doesn't it? Like you know, like Brian said, if you get the Lukaku that has been firing them in for Inter Milan, then they'll be. Um, They'll be quite dangerous next year and won't be looking forward to playing them in the first home game of the season. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like I mean, Chelsea or Man City are probably the only two teams really in the league, and, and United, of course, who could afford to spend that money on a striker at the minute. But you know, it's like Brand. I'm sure Brand thinks if I don't really give a shit, it's not my money. Just get in anyone possible that can help us win the league or win the Champions League again. So. Yeah, Chelsea would be dangerous. I wish my club were as aggressive um, in the transfer market, to be honest. That's the thing. Like, it, it's, it, sorry. No, go ahead. It's, um, on paper, it looks like uh, Chelsea are missing. We know that they've 
I think they had the most expected goals last year in the Premier League and underperformed massively. Um, and you would think they create so many chances. What they're missing is a world-class striker. And oh, there's one there. Go and get him. But there's there's just because he's been there before, um, and because of you know his, his his links right through and the time that he's had um, at United as well. He he himself. The the reason he's probably open to coming back is because he probably feels like he's something to prove in, in the Premier League and mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, I think it's it's something big um in a player's career that they feel like they should achieve is is hitting those heights in the Premier League. Paddy, Brenton was talking about uh obviously Haaland as well there. As a Liverpool fan, Liverpool aren't they aren't don't seem to be in the market to make Humongous signings this summer, but is and I saw some fans from other clubs say this as well. Most notably Liverpool and um, United fans on social media that they kind of want the Lukaku deal to go through. They want the Kane deal to go through to City because it leaves Haaland free next year and his clause is I think it's sixty five million for or whatever it is for teams to go after him. So are you sort of looking at this as like okay, did they get Lukaku? But I know how much of a Haaland fan you are. are you thinking hopefully Liverpool and FSG. Uh, could potentially make a move for the Norwegian Wonderboy? That would be the hope. Like We've spoken on the podcast before and, and, and Liverpool have made it clear in some interviews that their sort of transfer committee, if they see someone as uh, potentially transformative, that they'll push the boat out financially. So it, it happened with Alisson, who's the first decent keeper we've had in you know decades. Um, and then yep. obviously happened with Van Dijk, who's the, the best defender... Um, on earth and probably the sexiest man as well. So like those really transformed our, our team. Now you just need, if you can get with Ty Fabinho down to a long-term deal, if potentially next season you could be fighting for, for Haaland to sort of be the top of that spine of the side, it would be fairly frightening. But you know, it, it goes without saying that United are going to be in for him as will some other heavyweights. So, you know, it remains to be seen. I think Haaland would be a great acquisition for anyone, but it is uh, like as, um, Brandon was saying that the Lukaku stuff has surprised me. Like it seemed to come out of nowhere. The the, the figures being being mooted are absolutely gigantic. Um, and yes, he's been a phenomenal player. And I know, Philly, you were talking on one of the podcasts last season that you know if he had a very very good Euros, he could have been in in the running for for Ballon d'Or. His form was that good, so yeah. he would o- he would only enhance Chelsea. It, it absolutely goes without saying, but it seems like Inter have financial problems. Um, you know, reading that they were estimated to lose about you know, 250, 300 million dollars since 2020. Um, so they've already sold Hakimi and there might be others to leave. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, and, and there's just no market in Spain. So it seems like Chelsea can just run in here and, and probably, probably take them on a post, albeit for a big fee. But Chelsea are lining up in a frightening way. You know, and and their squad's so strong. It's weird because Havertz really started to come into zone towards the end of the season, and that sort of false nine seems that that you know he's going to have to put, be deployed elsewhere. But yeah, very very um, huge statement of intent from Chelsea on the back of winning the Champions League. We, we we all talked last year at length, and and we produced some of our best podcast when we were talking about the Super League, and. Some of the main protagonists in that obviously were English clubs, and a lot of them were pushing from the likes of 
Italy and Spain. And now you've saw this summer, the really big spenders, obviously PSG and God knows if they're even done yet. They've tied a lot of players down to free, uh, free transfers, but massive contracts. Chelsea are going to chuck this at, or have made push money at Lukaku. Man City have only just gotten warming up by sounds of it. And I think these teams are reeled out spend and not that we're not advocating for the Super League, but you can, in a weird roundabout way, you can sort of see why these teams in Italy and Spain were panicking so much about what was going on and money wise and why you can see they were like, we need to do something here because the whole balance of this thing is going to be couped and it, and it really looks like it is now. Juventus can't afford anyone. Inter Milan have had to do free transfers, so have SC Milan. And they have Inter Milan having to sell the best player in Italy. It's it's madness, but that's that's the situation we're in at the minute. Um, as I touched on City and and Paddy, if you want to come back in here, and then Johnny and Brent jump in as well. Poor Pep Guardiola, Paddy. I mean, he just can't catch a break. Like he loses Aguero, he has no money, so he has to chuck two hundred fifty million at two English players. I feel very sorry for him. Per Pep, he gets on like a fucking pauper all the time, um, but he's always dining at the top table, always getting exactly what he wants. Um, and he, oh, he pisses me off, and so does City. So, yeah, there obviously it looks like Kane and Grealish will probably both happen. Um, and although, like, you know, even if they do happen, obviously, you know, they're, they're good players, but it just screams that they should be doing other things, like maybe replacing properly replacing Fernandinho because I don't think Rodri's quite up to it but listen Kane Kane's a phenomenal player and I know Johnny just due to his uh, association with Spurs is not a Kane fan but like it, he is he is so good like he is he's got 166 Premier League goals I never thought I'd see anyone beat that on share record at 260 but Kane just turned well he's 28 as well just turned 28 last week he will beat that record like um and you know he's such a good player, and I would be fearful enough if if City get him that he could just plunder a lot of goals. Um, so yeah, but yes, City is fucking. You know, <laughs> the t- two players in every position who are like forty, fifty million pound players, um, to just uh, and then everyone gets on the Pep's this you know unbelievable innovator, best coach of all time. You know he's not working miracles like it. I, you know he's he's constantly getting the, the biggest shiniest toys, and and looking praised for it, and looking to be sort of this icon. But you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> Was that? Yeah, the people will think that was me talking there. <laughs> if, 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 I if do he, not like like I, he's not I'm not a Pep fan. No, nah, I I was like I think yeah, I said right? before like I was uh, especially that Barcelona team the first one that he had. Um. Like I loved loved him and, and what he did, but then he comes into your league, and then you see how much of an arsehole he is, how much of a whiny whiny arsehole the man is. And I mean, pardon me, if, if they don't if they don't win something major, and I'm talking about the two big trophies of the league of the Champions League this year, they need to hoof him out of that club because that is absolutely ridiculous. The firepower he has at his disposal, it, it's it's mind boggling now if, if they land these two players. And like Johnny, like when Pep was coming through, young like on the first stage, everyone was talking about him being about Arsene Wenger and and what he was doing with his Barcelona side. And it was always about Mesquite and club and the youth he's bringing through, and he's just completely gone the other direction now. Like they're bringing in Jack Grealish, uh, Johnny, to replace Phil Foden, more or less. Yeah. Like it's going to be a competition for Phil Foden. 
where Phil Foden was supposed to be this generational talent. Yeah, but as like Steve says, he shits himself in front of crowds, so Pep's obviously listened to Steve and taken him on board and decided to go spend £100 million on a guy that's not worth £10, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. Harry Kane... Now, obviously, because Amazon are making a documentary about how shit my club is, I decided to go back and watch the other two. So I was watching Spurs one recently, and you can see there's an episode which Harry Kane is very frustrated, and he's talking about how this, the attitude in the Spurs team is just not good enough. And you, you can even see then, that was when was that made, like a year and a half ago or whatever? You can see the frustration in him, and we've talked about it before. Kane needs to leave Spurs if he wants to win anything. And... I think he's given them long enough, to be to be honest. Like you know, what what else more can you do? He got the Champions League final the other year, and they've kind of went backwards since that. They haven't invested, sort of similar to Arsenal. They haven't invested in in the right players and they've been penny pinching and they're they're going to probably end up fighting for sixth place with us this year, Spurs. So, I mean, Harry Kane wants to I suppose leave his mark on English football, like. Paddy said he probably will beat Alan Shearer's record, but you know I think he wants trophies to his name as well. He wants a Premier League. He probably wants to win the Champions League. I mean, even wants to probably, play in the Champions League. Yeah, he wants to play <laughs> in the Champions League, and I think that was one of the reasons why he wants to leave Spurs as well. Like, and potentially losing that European final um, in the summer, or the summer, sorry, with England, probably was just the final straw for him. He thought, I cannot have this final again playing for my club and my country, you know, so close, but yet so far away. Like, it's, it's just always, it's just the history of the Tottenham. And he oh. brought the, the history of the Tottenham to England. Oh, the but, history of the England now. Lovely. Yeah. But it's crazy yeah. money. Crazy money for two players. Like, and financial <laughs> fair play, of course, you know. What do you think? Uh, we put a poll out on our, on our Twitter feed about Kane missing training, skipping training on purpose. And is he right or wrong to not turn up to transport a move? Now, interestingly, 76% of people who voted on that poll said he was wrong, but did I believe you think he's right? <laughs> uh, I was doing not to wind people up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think... See, we saw, we saw Coutinho try and do this party at Liverpool, and we saw Suarez piss about one summer and then after have the season of his life. And then leave the following summer. Bite Chiellini so he would get out of there. Um, he's gone see, though, isn't he? Like Kane, he's definitely he's gone. gone. I, I, I honestly, I don't know how. I don't feel. I don't. I'm not annoyed about it. I know Spurs fans or whatever are conflicted about it, and I think Rio Ferdinand was talking about it too. Um, I honestly, I, like he's looking after himself selfishly, but um, Tottenham aren't performing, and he's he's give everything for Tottenham. And they're just not where he needs to be. Harry Kane is an, an absolutely superb footballer, and he needs to be at the top table. And he just doesn't fancy Lauren. Basically, he's dunged himself and doesn't <laughs> fancy doesn't fancy Lauren when Lauren swiped uh, Paco de Ferreira side here, and he just doesn't fancy coming over because he knows he knows Johnny's going to turn up at Lauren, and that's going to be his dreams ended. So, uh, I think I I, I personally. Um, I have no problems with it because a football club is not. Our football club is bigger than a player. A player is not bigger than a football club, and if they don't want to be there, then the way I look at it, having been burned before, myself and Paddy, uh, on you go. 
Good luck, good riddance to you. That's the way I would look at it if I was Spurs. But it's like, like professionally, like if that was any other job, you can't just like not go to work. Like you need to work your notice even after you've left. You know, it just it seems like it smacks of like just per form. I I I don't agree with that kind of behaviour. Like, um, he should be and whatever sort of gentleman's agreement there is with Levy, maybe that's yeah. sort of. See, we don't know that. That's pissing what, him off. Like, on. Yeah, but Spurs are. Spurs are just mentally feeble, like through the whole yeah. club are mentally yeah. fragile, like because, I, like Johnny mentioned the documentary, and Kane was pissed off and frustrated. In that documentary, I think I've spoken about this before. The amount of times they talk about being Champions League finalists, it is like they're so stuck. Like that is their crowning achievement in the last, you know, a bar league cup in the last like you know twenty thirty years, probably since the ninety one FA Cup. Like that, they they loved that final, but they talk about the final like it was an, an achievement. It wasn't. Like, how can you build anything successful if you're just like celebrating second all the time? And it, it runs right through. Like, we we talked about this year that they released Carling Cup finalist T-shirts. Like, get mm-hmm. into the sea, you know. And um, then the play, like even the fans. I've heard some of them on and Kieran's, yeah, heard some of the fans on like phone-ins. You know, basically saying, "Oh, fair play to Kane. He's done. He's done everything he can first and all. And you know, you know, we're 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 shit. So like, he deserves to go somewhere else. There is no way. Whenever Gerrard was flirting with other clubs, that Liverpool fans were re- ready to clap him out the door. You know, to to sort of wave goodbye to their best player. It's just I don't know. Spurs are a weird club. It's a different attitude, isn't it? Yeah, a small club attitude. Yeah, it it is like oh, we're, we've just oh, lost all of our Spurs listeners. Good. But you, like it, it is. You know what I mean? Like it, we're we're actually not we're not slagging them here. Like no. it, it actually is no. fact. The way I big, would look at it, if I was, the way I was, yeah, the, the, that stadium as well. Like the way I would look at it, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be like, "All right, Harry, you're done then. Good riddance. See you. We're moving on. We need to get all the players in. We need to focus on. You're not part of the club anymore. You don't want to be here. Off you go. And then when he turns up with Man City." Boo the fuck out of him. I think that's, that's, that's the way I would look at like, it. Like he's meant to be one of their own, you know. Like that's the song they sing for him. Like even though he was an Arsenal fan, but you know that that's probably what hurts them most. Like he came through their academy and he's a player they've developed and you know given a lot to, and he's given a lot to them. And this emotional attachment of players, you know, we all get them. Like and it just it hurts. Like and I seen two Tottenham fans arguing on Twitter the other day. And I thought it was quite funny. Uh, one was arguing about how Harry Kane's bigger than the club and the other was arguing about how Tottenham are bigger than Harry Kane because they have won more trophies than him and I just like that's just a Tottenham argument like I mean how brilliant <laughs> like you're not you're not bigger than a football club like no you're not. not you know you're not like it's, life goes on yeah um, the worst you know, one for us Paddy was probably Torres when he went to the scum in, in London in blue that was probably the worst for us, and I can I can actually hear Brenton laughing in the background. Um, I mean, Phil, take your pick from Arsenal players. Like you know, it, I hurts. Know. it hurts a lot. It does, but you move on. Like you know what I mean? Like you move on and things. I, I think when he when it does happen, and we'll talk about Grealish. I mean, I just want to get your opinions on Grealish too, Brenton and Paddy. I know Johnny have given us ten pound player. Um, when uh, like the, the Tottenham fans just need to grow a set. Basically, I think it just be like the ones that are. I just go, you know what? Well, he was here. He scored so many goals. He didn't win us anything. Off you go, Harry. You know what I mean? That's that's the way I would look at it. Off you go. We'll bank the hundred and fifty million. 
We'll buy some really good players. We'll get behind the new manager. We'll class new stadium. We'll move on. Like that's that's what I'll be at. But um, interesting. So, so yeah, if, if you look at actual examples of big clubs letting players go, as Paddy was talking about, um, you know, Liverpool and Premier League, Chelsea having that Hazard go, and then when the Champions League before Real Madrid do. You know, before Liverpool won, um, before or Barcelona did after he after King went. You know what I mean? Like it's a different attitude. Yeah. You thank the further service and you yeah. kick on. And yep. Tottenham look like like with with Modric with Bale and now with Kane, like they're gonna do the, the exact same. Um, which is drag it out, drag it out, drag it out, and then everyone feel depressed and slump down again. Like it's just on the feet, and that's why they're in the position that they're in. Yep, they need to get that 150 million and go and buy themselves two or three, as Paddy said, transformative players that go straight into that team that are brilliant, go straight in to that squad and make it different, like we did with Allison and Van Dyke. And you'll just kick on, and that'll be the end of it. Like, um, Grealish, Breton. What do you make of this signing? Because it's it's more or less done. I think it's going to be announced probably tomorrow, but I think it's more or less done. Um, way too much money. Yeah, and probably an English tax. Um, uh, it is an English tax, and it's also heard. Um, I think it was on the Athletic Football Podcast. They are preempting. Possibility of uh, effect on um, more homegrown players being um, basically them being worth more in the Premier League, and how you have to the quota has to be maybe more than it has been, and they're just getting ahead of the game, and they're willing to pay that because when it comes to it, you know players like Rish and Kane are, are they'll be worth even more, but uh, I mean. It really, I don't think, I don't think he'll improve him that much. Like, I, I, I really can see the sense in Harry Kane because one, Aguero's left, and two, Gabriel Jesus is, is not a good enough striker to, to win in the Champions League. Um, so Harry Kane makes sense. They pay, you know, whatever you think he's worth. Grealish, for 100 million for a player who's never played in Europe, is Just doesn't sit right with me. Um, and I, for all the talk of, like, all the talk for the Euros was about greatest value in play, how much of an impact he would have. I don't think he had that much of an impact on England. And I don't think, um, he was any of the main reasons why they got as far as they did. Sterling had a much better, um, tournament. I don't know, he played more. Um, Grealish, I think, is the perfect example of a you know big fish in a small pond in the villa, and I don't know if it's going to translate as well when he's surrounded so many good players and the expectations as well. I think like the big thing, um, the expectations at City are obviously way bigger, especially this season when they're probably going, and the expectation is to win the championship. So. 
Brandon, can I just stop? Sorry, breaking news. Roman Lukaku has told Inter Milan he wants to join Chelsea. <gasps> oh dear. Money. I forget where I was in the <laughs> You've absolutely yeah. ruined that for me now, haven't you? I have to go back hate in Chelsea. Class. There you are. What? Give um, us your live feedback. Uh, on the athletic there, Simon, whatever you call him. Simon Johnson. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really yeah. Also, there's a story in there. As I said before, he's a lot. He played in the Premier League. One of the, he's certainly something that a champion, I think, but excited about that. Yeah, where Chelsea creates so many chances, he's a finisher. Um, he's than he was when he was a Chelsea the first time, and yeah, um, yeah, look to to seeing him back. And um, you know, Chelsea probably. I've recently before United signed him. Um, and the Holland opportunity presented itself um, for a brief period of time. They didn't really, as I said, it looked like it was ever going to be close. But um, that's, that can only be good news, as John said, like, for them to sign a player of that quality. Um, looking forward to seeing him back. And I also think that Leading on from that, there's a lot of movement now. Yeah, I think I think today, uh, and I'm bringing other lads in as well. I think today might be the start of the transfer window going absolutely chaos now. I, mean, I can't Aston, wait. Are we saying Tommy mm-hmm. Abraham? Can't uh, <laughs> Aston, Aston Villa. You can have Dave if you want. Aston Villa. Um, are going to be spending that Grealish cash and getting it sorted. They've already spent thirty million Danny Ings. That the greatest announcement is imminent now. Lukaku. So you'd imagine now a merry-go-round kicks off where possibly other teams react. They maybe were just hanging back on business and they're maybe going right. Let's go get it done. I thought maybe the Sancho deal, pardon me, would set it off, but um, I think this will be probably be the one that'll. Maybe th- today, even sorry, be be the day where it sets off the transfer market, and you could see some um, some deals coming through for some important players at, at some clubs. So, yeah, that's just been through there. It's nice. Well, I think that's a good point. Yeah. On that point that you make about the the you know reaction to other things that the Chelsea could have dragged out that home thing for as as long as they went they went on, and it probably wouldn't have gone any further. But there is a reaction to study for sure, um, because it looks like they're going to get well. Grealish is basically over the line. Kane not um not going to train. And, um, you know, tells you that he's imminently heading City's way, and that's a big, big move for them. So Abramovich, Granovskaya, uh, and Tuchel probably felt like they had the 
do something to react to that. And there it is. Um, obviously United as well, as you say, making big strides with Sancho and, and Varane, which I haven't even got onto yet. Um, is, is the reaction and everything's going to kick off from here. Johnny, in this transfer window, I don't pay enough to it, but I know obviously you will. Like, what, what, what have Arsenal been at? Who have they been linked to? What, what has, what's been going on, or what's been, what's been annoying you the most that hasn't been going on? In simplest terms, Philip, Arsenal are full of shit. <laughs> right? You're full they of sound bites tonight. You're too many already. They haven't addressed what they needed to. Like Ben White is a good player. Yeah. We overpaid for him massively. But we didn't but that's, that's not okay. But that's not what we needed. We could have used fifteen million to sign uh a number ten, which we badly need. We could have used the money to sign somebody in centre midfield that we badly need. And now we've offered Granit Xhaka a new improved contract, even though he was like literally had bought his fucking apartment in Rome. Because that's where he wanted to go and play with Dickhead Mourinho, who, by the way, has liked every single one of his Instagram posts. And it's just, <laughs> it fucking baffles me, like, fucking, no, haven't even sorted the right back thing. William's still at the fucking club, Bellerin's still there, fucking El Nene and Jacker, like, what the fuck are they doing down the Emirates? <laughs> like, I swear to God, like, they just, oh my God, Joe Willock is, and, I don't know if you've seen the night, Joe Willock, uh, Nelson, and another player plus money had been offered for fucking James Madison. Like, what is, what, who, that's like something you see in FIFA or something. Like, we just throw together this mad bid here to sign a fucking other average English midfielder. Oh, Jesus, like, what the fuck? Like, do you know what I mean? They're just, oh my, and this documentary's gonna go wild. I hope they've caught all this in camera. <laughs> you know what? It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting because I want to see what Arteta does in the background. But do you know what? Do you know who has the biggest friggin' question to answer is friggin' Edu. I have never trusted that guy. Like, he's meant to be the one running the show here and making all these transfers and blah, blah. Useless. Useless. He was on a boat a few weeks ago with Sanietti, the guy that got sacked from Arsenal last year. Like, in the middle of a transfer window, and he's away in Monaco on a yacht with some guy that got sacked by the club. Like, what's going on there? That's just, that's not normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not normal. We still have Aubameyang who's pissing about and doesn't want to score goals and pissing about with his dickhead brother who I can't stand either. There's, there's serious problems there. Like, you know, we, you, people say you can't go from eighth to challenging or win the league. Like, Chelsea done it a couple of years ago because Abramovich cares and was aggressive enough to go and sort that team out and get in a manager who's going to go take them from eighth to win the league again. Like, I don't want to hear this bullshit that Arsenal can't or couldn't go and at least challenge for the top four. You know, if they had a bought right and smart, they could definitely have challenged for the top four, but they won't. They won't now. We'll struggle to get Europa League again. I mean, there's Thomas Partey's out for God knows how long now. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like you said, Phil, like, you don't really pay attention a lot to other clubs. Like, you know a few things and maybe areas need to improve, but in depth and when you're looking at these clubs, like, I couldn't tell you all of Liverpool's areas they need to improve on, but you could. You know that's. It's just very frustrating. Again, when we know what we needed this summer to do, the business we need to do, and we don't do it, and it's the same shit. And like, 
there's even photos over the weekend of the Emirates looking like an absolute dive. Like the paintwork's terrible. The photos are freaking gone to shit. You know, like these owners don't care. They pretend they care, like, but they don't. Yeah. Just wait till the next Super League comes around again, and they'll jump on that. What, what do you think about uh, uh, Tommy Abraham in all seriousness, Tommy? Like that? That's not really good Arsenal League, is it? <sighs> probably not. It's probably not an area that we need to. Like, well, saying that, we I don't know. Like it really. People have made the excuse for Aubameyang that he hasn't had the service. I don't know. He just hasn't looked arse. Um, Leno has had a terrible 12 to 18 months as well. So, and he's potentially leaving next summer. We probably need a new goalkeeper. And we can go back, and I know we, we chatted about it in the group chat a few weeks ago about Martinez going to Aston Villa and stuff. And yeah, in hindsight now, we probably should have kept him. But at the time, it was a good deal for Arsenal to do. Um, it's just one that we always argue over Arsenal fans. It's just so annoying. I mean, one day, like they went to Villa. Apparently, we were never in form. I don't know. It's strange that we weren't. You know, we would have been a player that would have been useful for Arsenal. I mean, we're going into the season relying on a 19 and 21 year old in Smith Rowe and Saka to be the hope for the season. Like, you know, like you wouldn't, you don't get this at you know top clubs that mean business. Us Chelsea are saying Lukaku because City have have stepped up in the transfer market and checked. Chelsea are reacting to that. Man United, let's, let's all laugh at like, because you know what, they can sign whoever the fuck they want. We'll have fraud in charge, they're going to win none. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool will probably know, do this. You're on 13 fucks and you're right. I will. <laughs> keep, they'll keep coming. Liverpool will probably sign somebody, they'll probably extend contracts to the likes of Salah you know, ensuring they have that quality for the future. Like, you know, Liverpool are a very well run club. We've seen that in the past. They sell well and they invest well. We don't do that. So, I mean, we're looking at the same top four again this year of City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United probably. And then there's the rest of us, you know, fighting for the scraps. But we'll struggle. We'll finish probably in the round the same spot. Because I don't see any improvement in our team. We're still going in. Actually, we're going in without Odegaard. So our, our attacks actually probably got worse from what it ended with last season. So, I mean, God help me. Amazon's documentary is going to be absolutely wild. People are going to like it's probably the most watched watch documentary ever. What was that, sir? What was it, With Odegaard? Odegaard, um, it looks like Odegaard's staying at Madrid. Like, he put up a thing on Instagram a lot of weeks ago saying, thanks to Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual crap when they're not coming back. Like, so, um, I don't know. It seems like we're having a link with James Madison, but. I think James Madison's like a poor man's Jack Grealish and even Jack Grealish is shite, so what's that say about Madison? It's it's just, it's gonna be another like I am excited for the start of the league season, but I'm also in the absolute fear of <laughs> what's going to happen against Brentford and then we play Chelsea and then we play City and then a couple of games later we play well, sorry, I don't don't mean to say it. Spurs aren't really that worrying, like but and then we have United, like so I mean, we could be on frigging God knows how many points by the end of September. It sounds to me that Arsenal's most important signing needs to be an actual direct, like a technical director or someone like Michael Edwards or Maria. Um, what's Maria's second name again, Britain? Well, uh, 
again, at, at, at Chelsea, Marina, sorry, they need someone like that. Arsenal needs to be their most important signing before the signing players, it sounds like. Just from the outside in. Um, because Arsenal, it's not very, it isn't, it isn't really that hard now, I don't think, to, to look through the market and get yourself some, some decent deals. It's just that, for some reason, club executives, pardon me, just don't seem to want to look across other parts of Europe unless they're looking at absolute superstars. Like, the Euro semi-final against Denmark, there was a number 10 that smashed a free kick in the top corner past T-Rex arms, Damsgaard, and he just smells like an Arsenal player. He just looks mm. like he would be an Arsenal number 10. And Arsenal aren't linked with him. I think I saw... Was it Spurs or Link? Which would be a brilliant signing for Spurs. Spurs or Link? I mean, he's at Sampdoria. You probably don't have to spend that much on him. Marcel Sabitzer. We did this, Paddy. I know you know him from Red Bull and Britain as well. 15 million to Bayern Munich. From Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Paddy, we've, Liverpool have just lost Genie Wijnaldum. Sabitzer is Genie Wijnaldum. They're the same person, only Sabitzer has a ponytail. Yeah, he could have been. Could have been. Perfect. Um, although I, I still trust, I still trust. Oh yeah, hundred percent to honour someone. But, uh, but you like, know what I mean. Yeah, the, that price, the, 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 you can be really clever about it. And, and I and I like, and I'm going to get Paddy's opinion on, on Liverpool in a minute here. Look, like, I know I I trust Liverpool and Michael Edwards to get that right. And Man United have got it right this summer. I know. <laughs> They've had a, a bit of abuse, different uh, way they run the transfers and different things. I think they've signed two players they needed. Certainly, well, it'd be interesting to see how Sancho gets all on that front line. He's been excellent in Dortmund, but Rafael Varane is such a signing <laughs> to come into that. We've said it, all of us have said it in this podcast. If you put someone, a, a very good centre half besides Slabhead, you're going to have a really good centre back partnership. And now they have that. They have their key man at centre half and Rafael Varane. So it, it's, it is so fixed. And, and I would be, Johnny, if I was an Arsenal fan, trust me, I, I think parts of the Emirate would have to come down with my bare hands. I think I'd have to rip some of it down with my bare hands. I, mm. I don't know, I don't know how you haven't done it yet. It would be so frustrating for me too. I, I, I get that, I feel it. And I, 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 they need to do something. They need to, I think that Edu, you'll know better than us. And I think they show will prove, show it. Edu just isn't working out. He's just not producing the goods no. that he's had to do. And, um, they need to get yeah. something over the line, especially in that number 10 role. They need someone. And I don't know if James Madison is going to be the one, but even James Madison would be a good signing, but they need someone and need someone in soon. Even, you said there, you mentioned the teams involved in the transfer market and Arsenal aren't one of the teams that was mentioned. And I think that says a lot. And yeah. they should have been one of the teams mentioned. Like, Abramovich, the likes of Abramovich wouldn't have this going on. Do you know, Abramovich wouldn't appoint Edu and Arteta, fairly uh-huh. inexperienced guys in these roles. Like, you might have got someone like Arteta given, given a first chance, but you need a very strong sporting director, you know, ahead of him, who's experienced and knows the market and can help him. Like, we've got two very inexperienced guys in two of the most important roles at the club, and it's shown that we are struggling. Like, Liverpool have Klopp. Like people are want to go play yeah. with Jurgen Klopp, you know what I mean? People are want to go play at Chelsea with Tuchel and challenge for titles, and people want to go to City because of Pep. And I don't know why people want to go to Man United, but they do. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously the history of the club and everything that there, but 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would not be appealing for me to play for whatsoever and that's just my honest opinion but it's going to be the same old shit we're going to, we're probably going to get beat at Brentford on Friday night and then Chelsea are going to slap us the following week like I like I only seen highlights of the game on Sunday against Chelsea um, but like Timo Werner was having a great time running down the left wing but I mean like we're not we're not going to sit and talk about all that because we don't want we've talked too much about Arsenal already and I'm conscious we need to talk about Liverpool and, and Man United and stuff, but it's going to be an extremely long season again. And I'm looking forward to it until probably after Friday night, and then I'll just hear it again. But I, I will also just add on to that, like, that it, it shows that I actually am thinking about Arsenal in terms of uh, I actually feel sorry for them, and like, I, I want them to actually do a bit better, and that's from a Chelsea fan. And that and like I'm sure Arsenal fans hate that they have that sort of feelings coming from other fans because <laughs> with your closest rivals you don't feel that way and it just shows that Arsenal aren't close to any of those clubs at the moment. Um, yeah. they need some serious turnover, some somebody to come in with a stern hand, um, and to just rip that rip that club a new one really. Because that's what it needs. Right throughout. Yeah. I uh, totally agree there, Brenton. It, it needs, from the top down, it needs just bulldozed and start, it and start over. Um, John, or Patty, what do Liverpool need? What do you want from Liverpool that remain of this transfer window? Now that we have... Chelsea have got their man in Lukaku. Uh, Say you're going to get there two men. Aston Villa have had a really good summer transfer window. Are you one of these ones that reacts to this, thinking we need to go and do this? Are you you happy enough the minute to sit and wait and, and, and hope Liverpool will do some sort of deal to get someone over the line? Uh, it's, it's hard not to look enviously when you see uh, you know clubs splashing the cash and shining or signing big shiny things. But I think I don't know. We, we're just gonna we're just seem to be clearing out Deadwood and. We're probably going to generate a hundred million out of some absolute turd footballers, and <laughs> and then use that to maybe buy buy two youngish, thirty forty million pound players. Because I think our age our the age profile of our squad has sort of moved on quite a bit. Obviously, as it would, like there's been very few new players really in the last three years. Um, I think we're spending something like four million net a year over the last since we won the Champions League or something crazy like that. So, um. I think it uh, maybe an injection of youth and definitely up front we need someone else. Um, I think you know we obviously have the Mane, Salah, and Firmino who are all kind of getting towards thirty now. You have Jota who came in as a younger option. Um, Harvey Elliott looks like he's going to be trusted to you know be sort of part of that second rung of the ladder maybe. Um, but we definitely need someone else in there because Origi isn't good enough um, to be a viable option, I don't think. So um, we definitely need someone there and a midfielder to replace Wijnaldum. Um, who those who, people who, are, who, I'm not sure. Have you names? Have you names of players you, you would like? Well, is Saul Niguez one you want for Liverpool to put in the midfield? He's not one that would be top of my own list. Now, this isn't saying that I've extensively scouted him or watched Atletico Madrid every week for the last five years, but he's a very good footballer, but I'm maybe looking for someone a bit different. Um, maybe someone even slightly younger. I know he's not massively old, but 
maybe just another option in there. Like I quite I do quite like Basuma, who might be a cheaper option and he's a couple of years younger. Um, yeah. with room for growth. Um and then in four positions, you know, I, I threw this name out and I, it might be one that comes back to absolutely haunt me. But I would honestly Tammy Abraham is an upgrade on Devog Origi and if you can Get fifteen million for Rigi and sign Tammy Abraham. I would honestly be happy enough with that kind of as a as a sort of more direct option up front. And you, so maybe Abraham and Jeremy Doku always seems to be there yeah. thereabouts linked. He's been over to Liverpool as a kid. He has some sort of connection with Mane in terms of spoken on the phone and things before. He's nineteen and exciting. He's far from the finished article, but to be part of a, an exciting Belgian team at the Euros, get game time. Someone like that might be helpful uh, as well. So, yeah, I think it'll be similar last year. We're going to, the way Thiago and Jota were signed very late, all sort of arrows are pointing towards a similar summer. Um, but I tell you what, Edwards, they, they literally, they have this little machine where they just put in pieces of shit and turn out £15 million. Pound. Like, just, <laughs> you know, you put... Machine, £15 million. Pound. Marco Grouch... Fifteen million pound. Harry Wilson, yeah. fifteen million pound. And then you just get all this money and you just give it to people to get better players. It's a great little shit polishing machine. It's, it's like um, it's like the old play doh machine used to have, where just you could put your play doh in it and then it give you like shapes at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, They're seen to exactly. put in players, and then fifteen million pounds comes out yeah. at the other end. It's absolutely wild. Briefcases of cash. Can I throw a name at you? You do whatever you want. Never for Liverpool. A main Forsberg. From Leipzig, he was incredible at the Euros. What, what do you think Good player, age profile. Uh, yeah. Would be right in saying is he late twenties potentially? We've been linked with him before as well. I think. Yeah, we used to be perennially linked with him. Yeah. Um, very technically good footballer. He's twenty nine. You could probably get him for. You know. I will because because Leipzig now have Jesse March in charge. I think he's said like he's open for. <laughs> Deals basically, like you know, to you know, to sell players on. I think he has his eye on a couple coming through from Salzburg, and he has his eye on a couple of other ones that are down the pecking order, maybe in in Germany. So, I, I think Salzburg have sort of a a policy this summer where offer us the right money and you'll get our player. Like we got Konate, they'd already sold up Makano, you know, so they were they were they seemed to be happy enough. Um, it's an interesting one, but I, I think Paddy's right. The age profile is probably something where. Just, I'm not really sure they'd go for it unless it comes towards the end of the summer and they haven't really got anything across the line. You could see something like that happen, but I'd like to think Liverpool won't get to that stage. If they're going to make deals, they will have it done before then. I also am of the opinion as well that they're announcing so many long-term contracts, Liverpool, um, to some key players that this summer might actually be a bit quiet and I'm not really convinced that they will add maybe two maybe three in. Um I think they'll consolidate from this summer and then you could possibly see them do some sort of a deal, something wild uh, next summer or a pre deal during the season four next summer. So it's interesting. I don't it doesn't bother me anymore. Um transfer dealings and not signing players or signing players. It doesn't I got excited and I'm I still love watching them when Thiago signed. I got excited when Allison and Van Dyke and all signed and such a thing and Jod as well. But if they hadn't have signed I wasn't gonna start wrecking things because as a Liverpool fan, 
we, we've had so many good years now. We we are back challenging for the major honours. And as our generation are able to watch a pad anyway, and we're, we're in the mix of things, so it's hard to really get annoyed. And, and I trust them. I trust them to do the right thing. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I, I would like selling the guys, but if, I mean, if they don't sign them, they don't sign them, whatever. I'll get to watch them play Atletico Madrid, hopefully. But down East Lanks Road, lads, I know Steve, just to sort of, Finish off the transfer chat. Steve isn't here. He's on his holidays. Brent United have had a decent enough summer. Yeah. As well. I don't know if they're finished. But yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's talk of midfielder as well. Um, there's talk, I don't know, there's talk around Paul Pogba if he's staying or going. Um, which would obviously trigger something else. But yeah. The the two probably top targets that they that they would have been after at this stage, um, they've secured. So uh, one thing I'll say about United under Solskjaer is they seem to they seem to sign. Um, I know that, that obviously we said about Maguire and you've already mentioned uh, that a lot of what what's affecting him is probably who's beside him. Because um, he's not a leading centre half, I would say. I think Varane's going to come in there and really steady that, that ship. We've seen, um, we know that Wambasak is a very good defender. Luke Shaw has had just come off the best season of his life, had a really good tournament at the Euro. So that is a solid back four there. Um, the midfield is probably a bit of a problem, but, um, you know, with, with Fernandez and Pogba, and then I know Rashford's out, but, but Sancho coming in there with. Cavani had a great season. Um, they look good. They do look good, and I think they're probably at the minute still. If you look at their squad, they're still a bit off City in particular um, for the league. But if if they make that other stadium signing, I don't know who you know, it's going to be, but. They really can't go into another season with Fred and McComley and I expect to win trophies. And I think I know Steve Eagle and a lot of United fans and that's that's the one cry that you hear all the time. The other thing and I think Jerry is right is as much as off the pitch they've been impressive and in terms, of, I know United fans won't really agree with this, but if you look at it over the last couple of years, they've made good signings. Um, Fernandez was an unbelievable signing, the best of last year, definitely. Um, and you know that that's just on the pitch. So sorry, he really doesn't. But, um, and though the points that they dropped in that period of time where they looked like they were just going to keep. Dropping down, and Steve talked about it. It's he's the weakness. He he can't make the right calls at the right time. Wait too long to make subs. Like those things aren't going to improve because he doesn't have the he doesn't have the knowledge. Um. So I think they're probably going to be shy if they have to keep him at the helm. He's just signed a contract, so I don't really know what United are after. Um. But signings wise, they've definitely improved the squad. I don't know if they'll enter trophies though. I really don't. What do you make, uh, Johnny um, and Paddy as well? Were 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 can Solskjaer and United team finish this season? Do you think they'll be uh, 
think they'll be title challengers? Do you think? Nah, they won't get close. Uh, they probably can, Chance Fellow. Like, let's be honest. Like, you know, they probably can, but whether they will or not is a different question. I, I think probably one of the most important signs for United this year was um, getting Cavani another year. Um, I think he could score a few goals for them this year. It could be quite important, especially with having Jaden Sancho there now, you know, who can create plenty of chances. Uh, look, they have a decent team. It's just the manager, I think, is the problem. Like, they, they should have won the Europa League. You know, they, on paper, have a far better team than Villarreal, but it's just the manager. I don't read him. I just think he's a load of crap and con- constantly talks about the history of Man United and all this here sort of nonsense, but that's great. Like, me and you could go and sit in our club's benches and talk about the history of our club, just make us a good coach. I don't read him. Um, but I'm saying that, but United have a better team than the teams below. So I, like I said earlier, it's them four are just they're gonna be they're gonna be the Champions League teams this year. They're gonna finish in the top four, in my opinion. And then we have the rest. So it really depends what sort of run you can get on. I don't know their fixture list, you know, if they have a good run of games or not. Um but they they'll definitely be in the mix, I think, probably till the latter end of the season until maybe City or, or Chelsea finally pull away. But they'll they'll be interesting to watch as as always. Like let's Let's not get it wrong. Yeah, they're always an interesting team to watch. Sometimes they can be fantastic. Uh, when Bruno is playing the smaller teams, he's great. When he decides to play in the big games, he disappears unless he gets a penalty. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be a good watch this year, no doubt. Paddy, what about you? Where do you think they'll fall? <laughs> was, that, was that a Bruno reference? Was it? You dog. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you one dog. of you's picked up on it. <laughs> um, as has been touched on there, like Fred McTominay, I mean, aren't aren't a good enough midfield partnership if you're playing that sort of double pivot. I think McTominay's a good player, but Fred's Fred's not. Um, and then even you know Johnny said Cavani's important signing, and yes, he 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 definitely is. But you just wonder if he can piece together a, a full fit season, um, because obviously Rashford's going to be out for a few months now, and um. I just think the, the drop off to the next sort of out and out striker, whether that be Martial, if you're even including him as one of those, is, is, is significant. Um, and as I'm going to say this just for Steve, because um, hopefully he's enjoying a pint as we speak, but Harry Maguire is also awful. Um, well, not awful, but massively overrated. And uh, I don't think um, I don't think he is going to be part of a title winning side. Patrick, do you think? I think I remember was Philip Bratton messaged earlier on about Harry Maguire is not a leading centre back. I think it was you, Brent. Do you think Varane yeah. is a leading centre back because he played beside Sergio Ramos for so long, and Sergio Ramos is a leader? Like that's not, that's not. Yeah, as much as we don't like him, or Phil, I know you don't like him, not a fan of him anyway. But put Varane now in the situation where he has to be the leading man at the back beside Harry Maguire. Like I don't know if he really is or not. Like I think together there will be a good centre back him, but we'll just have to see how he adapts to the Premier League. You know, players can be fantastic at international level, and you know, at Real Madrid, where they're surrounded by all these great players. And I'm not saying Varane's not a great player because he is, but the Premier League's a bit different to all the other European leagues. So I suppose the first few weeks will tell us if he's up to the challenge or not. It'll definitely take him time to settle. Like even I know. Um 
Thiago Silva had a dodgy enough start and ended up, you know, having having a decent season at Chelsea. So yeah, it, it, it takes even some of the best players time to settle anywhere. Um, interesting you say about like a leading player, it's, and that's similar to that big brother, little brother analogy. Gary Neville pedal for a while about one, you know, uh, you know Van Dyke, for example, being the big brother to, to Joe Gomez as a little brother and 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 being a, a sort of a talker in there. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that little partnership develops um, because I don't watch probably Manchester United closely enough but he doesn't seem like a, a massive leader I know he wears the armband at times but um, this is Maguire I'm talking about so uh, it'll be interesting especially if they have a you know if Henderson starts the season potentially a, a relatively inexperienced uh, goalkeeper behind them but like no doubt they have strengthened you know Sancho is an excellent player Probably not the position that they needed, but probably an opportunity they couldn't turn down. They've, they've flirted with him for long enough. And then Varane is, you know, a hugely decorated footballer. So they are stronger, absolutely. Are they as good as City? No. Are they as good as Chelsea? Mm, probably not. Um, and I think with with Liverpool's having three defenders back and a new one signed and, and whatever sort of business that they, they hopefully do, I still think Liverpool's starting eleven would beat Manchester United's strongest eleven. So, you know, I'm I'm still thinking United will be sort of top four but but not not title challenging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, agree. I I agree with that. I don't I don't think they'll challenge for the title this year. They definitely they have added obviously quality in. But um I would I would go that I I think and I'm going to ask Ollie as quickly to finish off the poll. Just give us your predictions of who's going to win the league. I'll go first, naturally, as I'm leading it here. Um, I think it'll be between Chelsea and Man City. And and, I, and I've said this to Brenton before. I actually think Chelsea will win the league this year. Um, Thomas Tuchel's all he is. He's broken that curse that he needed to get over to get um, the Champions League. It was all the pressure on for PSG. Came up a wee bit short against the brilliant Bayern Munich side. And then, pardon me, came back with Chelsea when it wasn't really fancied and did the business. Um, so I I, found, I think they'll kick on, much like Liverpool did when they won it against Tottenham. And then they'll kick on next year and they'll be such a force. And then I think it'll be between Liverpool and City for second and third and Manchester United coming up fourth. They'll be close enough, but that will be my predictions. Brenton, where do you, what, who's winning the league next year? Go. I think Chelsea come close, but uh, but um, I just think the squad is absolutely um. So yeah, I'm gonna go City, 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 Chelsea, Liverpool, and Chelsea, Liverpool could come in either way. I think people are sort of underestimating how important the players that Liverpool have back are, and they just kind of forgot about that. So yeah. I think. Liverpool be very strong again. Um, yeah, so it's pretty weird. Ten United fourth, but I think uh, you know Wales is is probably slightly stronger. Um, but that, that those three in some combination behind City, and I, I do agree with you. I think all three of them will be close to the City. Johnny, what's your predictions for winners and top four? We'll get it out of the way of the night. Uh, I think Saudi will win the league. Um, if they're out in Harry Kane, you know, the goals and assists that he got last year, bring that over to City is going to be crucial. So I think they'll win it. Um, again, I agree with Brenton. I think Chelsea and Liverpool will be 
very close in behind. Could be could go either way. Chelsea could be sagging or Liverpool could be sagging. You know, and I do agree with the point you made about Liverpool are a bit underestimated. Um, they they only won the league the other year. You know, they've a great team. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've lost on Alden like, but they still have a strong squad and they'll definitely add to it. And yeah, United will probably finish fourth. Um, because like I said, the teams below are just they're not strong enough to break into that top four. I don't think. And Paddy to round up the ball this evening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably thinking too much with heart here, but I'm going to say Liverpool are going to win the league. Go Yeah, I just think I can't still can't believe Liverpool managed to qualify for the Champions League without defenders. Um, <laughs> and they finished the season so strongly; they've got important players back from injury. They can keep people fit and add a few little garnishes. I really think that their starting eleven is still fantastic. Um, now it will take City to, you know, drop a few points, maybe have an injury. Who knows? Um, as the boys were saying there, to add Kane and Grealish goals and assists and influence, you know, could be absolutely huge. But I just think with crowds back, Klopp loving life again, hopefully, and. A little bit of luck. I just think Liverpool can do it. I think the, the I think Chelsea, as as I said, their Chelsea City are strengthening massively. So have United, but I still don't think United are there. So I think it'll maybe go with Liverpool, City, Chelsea, and then United scrapping it out with Leicester for fourth, maybe. Lovely stuff. Um, Steve obviously is off. He's he's having pints on his holidays, so he will be back very soon. Uh, we'll be back. Next week, uh, with another podcast to preview more of the season coming, more transfers no doubt will have happened, and then the season will be kicking off, and we will kick into two shows a week. Um, Brandy, Patrick, and Johnny, thanks as always for making the show so spectacular. Especially Johnny, I thought you were an unbelievable formulate. Well played, sir. Thank you very much. Um, I needed to get that out. To be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like an only, but. <laughs> 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 Um, we've already done the Patreon link but Brent do it again just for the folks at home patreon.com forward slash thank you Sean that's us up and running first podcast this season is in the can we hope you enjoy it if you listen to it and your mates don't tell your mates to listen to it catch our podcast on all your podcast apps just look for the football babble same as Instagram and Twitter you'll find us the football babble come and get involved let us know what you think even if you think it's shite, let us know. We'll let Johnny loose on you. And um, we'll chat to you again next week. Good luck. Adieu.